Hola, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners following our dreams, just striving to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right, and we're also moms. <laughs> Welcome to the Supermama Sisterhood. And I was jumping on the waves with Carista, and it was like, oh my God, this is the best ever. And we get in the car, we get home. She cries because I woke her up. I was like, I wish I didn't have any kids within like three hours. <laughs> she stopped me right there. She was like, Risa, I want you to understand this. I seriously believe that our children choose us and we don't choose our children. Right. Your baby chose you to be his mom. Mm-hmm. He knew what kind of mom he wanted and he chose you as his mom. Oh, that's right. Nice. We're all sisters here to inspire, support, and guide each other to dream bigger and to enjoy every moment of this extraordinary journey that is womanhood. ¿Listas? Here we go. <laughs> Super mamas! Hello. Hello. Paulina. What's going on? ¿Cómo estás, hermana? Um, ¿Cómo te sientes después de nuestra celebración del mundial? <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about it and I was like, this is every four years. This is every four I thought years. about that too. I was like, we, you know what? We celebrated every four years and then I started thinking how different our bodies are. Oh my God. Yes. I'm like, I remember our celebrations of eight the World Cup ago. eight years ago and now the next day I was like, whatever. Let's keep going. And now I actually re- got a cold. I, um, I, I'm still, I'm still not fully recovered. <laughs> no, no, I'm not at all. My brain is slow. My I have a cold. Um, and I, I'm just like, what happened? I know. And then my, my body isn't what it used to. Nope, it's not. I feel like I was run over by a truck, <laughs> and then I feel like I'm. You were run over. You were you were run over at the tequila truck. <laughs> Tequila truck, and then I actually I feel like I'm seven months pregnant. <laughs> My stomach is so bloated. I told you get apple cider vinegar know, and some warm water. With no, I, I'm believe me, I'm gonna do it. It's Give just, yourself a purga. I honestly, I was yesterday, my insides hurt. Like, literally, if I touch my stomach, it would hurt, like, my insides. <laughs> and I remember, I was like, I don't know if it's my kidneys, it's my stomach, it's just some like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think your kidneys are fine. <laughs> We hardly ever drink. It's ever. just right now. It's just every four years. And it was a huge win. Huge win. For the Mexican national team. It was, uh, if you guys caught me on, um, if you guys catch me on Korean TV, I came on Korean <laughs> TV. <laughs> it was a huge win for Mexico, even though they lost. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It but was, It was so much fun, though. It was fun. We had <laughs> a, we so had, much fun. you know, so one of our girlfriends was like, it's a DP. It's a DP. And we're like, what is that? Ditching party. <laughs> It was and, totally a DP. And then she was like, we're so old. We're so, I was like, I don't even know what DP is. And then yesterday I went to Save by the Bell. I just <laughs> Save by the Bell Papa. I was like, yeah, well, I'm like, I remember this. Was... En tus tiempos. En mis tiempos. En mi época. Save by the Bell era de tu época. It was nice. It was, uh, but it was so much fun. Um, it was fun to just have fun with the girlfriends. It was so much it was, fun. It was, it, it was. I'm good fun. on the, I'm good on partying for like a long time. <laughs> for another four for years. For the next four years. <laughs> I'm like, I wasted my good party day on octavos de final. Imagine if we make it to the final. We're going to have to make a sacrifice. <laughs> no, I don't. Says me. And I'm the first one who's like, shots for everyone. Micheladas all around. I know. I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. You just got to do it. The but perks it, of owning a restaurant, you know? Parks, but parks, uh parks. today we fun. are not talking about the national team today no. we're not happy fourth of july happy fourth of july everybody um, it is a really interesting time to be celebrating fourth of july and celebrating americanism and celebrating everything that it means to be american yes. uh, which is why we called on our woke friend kendrick woke. Uh, kendrick. kendrick Sampson is an activist and an actor who is such an incredible friend uh, and just like an overall great human being. And I think that when, um, you know, when I read the history books of things that were happening in the 40s, 60s, 30s, you know, yeah. you, you read about what were people, like, how could this happen? Like, mm-hmm. how could, how could like, how could lynchings happen? What, where were all the other people? What were, yeah. what was, what was everyone else doing? Um, 
well, Kendrick is one of those people who's in the front line mm-hmm. of activism and fighting for social justice and, uh, you know, people of color. And he's so smart that uh, when we met him in Oaxaca, we traveled with him through Oaxaca and Puebla. It, we had such great conversations. And when yeah. we thought about having an episode published on 4th of July week, we thought what better person to bring into the show just have a conversation about what it means to be American today. Yeah, I love the fact that uh, I learned a lot from him and I felt confident enough to be able to ask him in uncomfortable questions oh, okay. for yeah. myself. You know, because I, I would have never thought of asking like, hey, so can we call a black person black? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you who would you ask this to? So, you know, he's he's... Uh, I love talking to him because he makes you feel so comfortable that you can actually open up and ask these questions and feel like, you know, in a safe space. So I think you we are going to learn a lot from him. And we talked about how do we talk to our children about these situations? Because sometimes, you know, my kids sometimes are in the car and they listen to things in the radio. And then I don't really know how to talk to them about any of these things happening. And, and they know. You know, I realize that they know what's happening, but I always thought you had to like numb it, dumb it down for them. But that's not the case. We really need to be super open because that's the only way we're going to change the future because they are the future. And if we don't teach them since now, things are not going to change, I think. And once again, I want to thank everyone who has shared our GoFundMe link Wow, where we are um, raising funds to get more translators to helping these families that are being torn apart today. Uh, and I, every, every day is a new like donation that blows my mind and emails we get from people and things that are happening and being able to just put our little help here, mm-hmm. you know, just like just being able to do just that and makes it makes me feel better, but I also it make, gives me so much hope for the future that people yeah. are really ga- gathering together to help a cause. And yeah. it does. I think every listener, uh, mom and non moms alike, have their hearts broken of of what's happening today at the border. And we didn't get to this with Kendrick that yeah. much because when we recorded this episode it hadn't happened yet this was not happening although it was but we weren't aware of yeah, it yeah. I think that's the best way of saying it and he actually has has been going down there he's, yes you know he's marching he's como se dice protestas protesting he's, pro- he's just doing all the things to support the cause so thank you Kendrick and you know um, I feel that if you I, you know we I feel now that I, I I've done something. Mm-hmm. You know, this leaves me feeling like okay, I, I'm I'm trying to help and just spreading the word. I think that's well, that's the biggest thing because still people don't know that this is happening or they think it's fake or they think that it's just you know something that we're making up. But it's it's really happening. It's real and it's so close to us. And we need all need to help. And also, news cycles are so fast, so fast that like now. It's now like a little bit a more calm, thing. a yeah. new thing. The shooting that happened, um, not like a couple of days ago, yesterday. The so, Supreme Court. Yeah. So there's so much things happening in the news that I think one thing that Kendrick left us was find one cause that mm-hmm. touches your heart and 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 do something about it. Don't right. try to fix the world because that's not going to happen. Um, but just stick to one cause. And for us, it was helping the, our indigenous community. And the way we did it, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has donated. And it's been... Kimberly, we've raised over thirteen thousand dollars now. Fourteen. Fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> it's so crazy. Plus, so it's like probably like plus the 17. twenty. Yeah, plus the twenty five hundred that we had committed to. So that's almost like seventeen thousand dollars. Let's make Se- it twenty. Seventeen thousand dollars, guys. That are that's going to be towards that's going to be spent towards translators um, in indigenous languages. Um, and in Spanish too. So thank you, Great. thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Enjoy your Fourth of July. Yeah. Be yeah. safe. Stay away from fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Is your husband going to get into fireworks? Well, your husband has been telling my husband that he's going to cure him of his um, of his of his scare. So they're going to do fireworks. I was like, mm, are we, no. we going to bury a black chicken and let, <laughs> let her on fire? We're going to have the, the thing like, Ramiro, deslevántate. <laughs> I'm sure someone out there knows what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. With uh, the cántaro. With the cantaro. We're going to do a full Olympia. We're going to spin mezcal on his face. 
and his back too and then and his bird hit him, hit him with, with the herbs with herbs and then light fireworks afterwards <laughs> yeah enjoy your fourth of july fourth of july sisters um have fun make it a time to spend time with the family and be thankful that you have a family to spend time with you and know? you know this country is so beautiful we should celebrate this country yeah every day i mean you know <laughs> We should. Yes, yes. We, we should, should celebrate life we should in general. So uh, without further ado, here is our interview with activist, actor, and, <laughs> and super, super, super papacito, <laughs> um, Kendrick Samson. <laughs> Welcome, Kendrick. Thank you. Thank you for being here. This is our official babysitter slash... Um, <laughs> What else? Where else were you uh, for our for our trip? Educator. To, educator. Is that well? You know. You were educating us. Yeah. Like babysitting. Tour guide. Trying to act like I knew may where I, I was may going. I even, <laughs> may I even say I can be. Tú lo dijiste, no yo. Let's just like let's just put that out there. You know, I'll be the brave this one. Is, this it. is the super mamas, super papacito edition with Kendrick. <laughs> How are you, Kendrick? It's I'm always so nice to see you. It's always good to see you guys. How, um, oh my God, your voice is even sexy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, get closer to the mic. See what I mean? Okay. See what I mean? Um, so tell us who you are and what you do for work. Mr. <laughs> 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 Chiviando. I know. I talk to you all the time. It's just like something about put having your voice literally in my ear. <laughs> it's making me a little bit nervous right now. <laughs> Okay. I, <laughs> Get it together, Bricia. A ver. I am um, I'm an actor. My name is Kendrick Sampson. I'm an actor, and um, I like to I split up my work into paid work and unpaid work. Mm -hmm. So I have my storytelling, and then also I write and do a lot of activism. Which is why this is which is how we met. Mm -hmm. I'm not an actress, unlike a lot of people may think that I'm not. <laughs> Um, we met in Oaxaca mm -hmm. and we had no idea of each other. I mean, I knew of you because I watched How to Get Away with Murder and I had a crush on you on the show. And then all of a sudden... As did many of us. Uh, and all of a sudden, you popped up to my life and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, ladies, you put it out there in the world and next thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know. Yeah, it was actually, it was weird. I, I hit up uh, Justino because I was, who works with Undocumedia. Mm -hmm. um, well, actually, I just hit up people in general and Justino responded and said that he knew um he was like I think I can connect you with someone in Oaxaca and I he think. knew I was trying to connect with you know indigenous people and black Mexicans there um the Afro-Mexican uh population and um and but the crazy thing is he didn't know that you guys were Zapoteco uh -huh. and then um he didn't know you. <laughs> so he connected me with He's you. He's just like, well, I, I've seen a girl on my feed. But it happened to like work out perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, I, because of you guys, I had probably one of the best times. Oh, thank you. you know we I mean? had a thank great you. time, too. Thank like, you. You know who had a great time? The kids had a great time with Kendrick. Theo Kendrick. <laughs> Theo Kendrick. I think Kendrick does not want to have kids <laughs> after that trip. But, control. but let's talk about why you went to Oaxaca and what you learned from your trip besides how awesome we were. Yeah, I went because one, I'm I'm working on self-care because um, I have a tendency to, because of my mom and, you know, goal being goal-oriented and um, I have a tendency to overwork myself and, and overcommit myself and not get any rest, not get any sleep. I average probably about three hours a night, something like that, two, three hours a night. And I have no kids. <laughs> <You know? laughs> why? <laughs> My question is why? <laughs> so I'm always like, oh, I could get this done. I could get this done. I could get this done. Oh, now everybody's asleep. And now I can get all this stuff done that I couldn't do while everybody was awake. And... I didn't take vacation. So finally I was like, um, I want to find a place where I can go and, um, you know, learn more, one, practice my Spanish and learn more about um, the culture and be a better ally 
um, especially since we're having so many problems uh, connecting the black, black and brown communities because systemically we are kept apart and um, resistance movements are kept apart and separated so that we can't progress forward. Um, and there's so many similarities within the black and brown communities. Um, and even, you know, I, the year before, discovered my whole Mexican side of the family. And, like, you know, I wanted to go the, I, to somewhere in Latin America. And I was like, what's most stig- stigmatized? And right now, obviously, it's Mexicans. Um, and I deal with a lot of criminal justice reform. That's my main focus mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. activism. And they even separate the immigration reform and criminal justice reform movements but who carries out the the immigration reform is our criminal justice system so how is it separate and anyway i to trick myself into relaxing i was like i'm gonna go to mexico i'm gonna make (laughs) this also about like you know connecting with the indigenous community and the year before 2016 was the first time in mexico that um afro-mexicans were acknowledged in the census that black people were acknowledged in the country and they mm-hmm. had been there for how, lo- a very <laughs> very long time <laughs> and they were you know celebrating being you know recognized for the first time so i wanted to connect with the afro kenyan um well the afro-mexican culture and i found out the largest population was in oaxaca mm-hmm. the largest indigenous and black population was in oaxaca and so that's what I why I ended up going and, and connecting and learning about the culture and practicing my Spanish and having fun. That's so wild. You just said so many things there that I want you to emphasize and like continue <laughs> and go on and educating us. Mm-hmm. The reason why we brought you here was because when we met in Oaxaca, mm-hmm. we had a few nights where we would just sit down and like talk forever. And you taught me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, changed my perspective and so many things and made me want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And when we decided to have you here, I know you're not a dad and you're also not a mom. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> but we thought that it was so important being that it is 4th of July weekend week that we acknowledge uh, what's happening in America today and how can we reclaim our Americanism or what does that even mean? You know, one of the things that I shared with you was, you know, we had this conversation about my thoughts on not being secure on waving the Mexican flag around here in America and and maybe changing that to the American flag. And you completely changed my mind and made me see it in a different way because I felt not ashamed, but I felt as if I couldn't do that without without making my Mexican brothers and sisters look bad in front of America. Yeah, I think you felt uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? With and yeah, I mean in general, you know, we're meant to have this idea, this national identity and immigrants are made to, you know, f- forced to assimilate whether that, you know, it's not it's not physical as much anymore though it is physical. Um in a lot of ways the oppressive nature of our country uh, towards immigrants, um, but it's also uh, a lot of pressure in society, and you know, um, and there's you know the the American flag to a lot of people is a is a symbol of oppression, um, and that is part of the reason because anyone who's different and anyone who has darker skin, um, even though this country originally was completely darker skinned people, you know, Mm -hmm. um, people are made to feel uncomfortable and, um, and we have such a Eurocentric view, a white, uh, definition of beauty and identity. And we're supposed to, the closer we, we come to that, um, the better we are, you know, the Mm -hmm. more likely we are to be successful and things of that nature. And we're brainwashed into believing that, um, and I'm always, you know, going to push people more towards the 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 side the the side of you know being proud of their identity and and moving away from that Eurocentric, um, you know, white supremacist kind of you know mm-hmm. identity Idea. of beauty and success and and things of that nature. And no one should ever be, feel uncomfortable um, to wave the flag of their their you know native uh, heritage you know their ethnic uh ethnic 
identity or whatever the, the national heritage that they came from or whatever, just to feel more American because this country is made up of immigrants, right. not in a good way. Um, and a lot of, because the founding fathers that came here were immigrants and came and forced their way into here and then, and then want to keep other immigrants out you know they're like oh this is my you know it's just it 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 pisses me off when they um the way that this country was founded on genocide and things of that nature and then making especially making brown people because if you wave a a swedish flag around nobody's gonna feel Mm -hmm. like you know be mad right but it's specifically people of color Mm -hmm. are made to feel uncomfortable and so I'm like, wave that flag even more proudly, you know? <laughs> and even and even then, you think about, we're in Los Angeles right now, and I had a buddy of mine arguing with me about Los Angeles, and he's like, well, you know what this used to be? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, well, but do you know what this used to be? And I said, yes. And he said, but do you really know? And I said, what did, what did it used to be? And he said, Mexico. And I said, well that's one way of looking at it but you also realize that mexico was a colony right mm-hmm. oh. and mexico You're you so have smart. all of these bring you here like, you have all of these spanish named streets and that yeah. and you think that that's a sign of what used to be and the the oppression of america on this um on the mexican community um or the mexican nation that was here but it was indigenous people that were here before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and mexico is you know in mexico the government of mexico a lot of the time is the symbol of oppression for as we you know i connected with a lot of indigenous people in oaxaca um mm-hmm. the indigenous people and the afro mexicano people are very uh much you know, looking at that flag as a symbol of oppression. So even then, it's just you know, there's so many layers to it right. of um, where to where to find your identity and what what to be proud of. And I'm sure it went back and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, there there's there's um, a need, I believe, for people to um, be more open to looking into their past and their ethnic identity and finding more about it. And, and you find out, I find that the, the further I dig into my, um, my past, my heritage and things, the more I connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't separate us as much as it like brings us together. Right. Um, and being proud of that. When I can talk about the pride of my identity, somebody else, especially if they're from an oppressed group of people, can relate as well. And then we exchange mm-hmm. back and forth and we find the similarities in our culture and things of that nature. And I think it's really important to do that. Which is better than what happens now that everyone who is of color gets put in this one minority box. And I think we were in that same talk when we heard Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. say it so beautifully. That was the first time I heard it. And I was like, whoa, that is such a like awakening moment when I hear the word minority and, you know, bidding on minority jobs and bidding on minority contracts, it was contracts, minority contracts, or, right. you know, as you get all the minorities fighting for this one peace right when it's so much right and i think that's one of the things that you can put it in an eloquent form for listeners to hear because there's not just that there's so many ways that happen that that so many things are happening today that make us sort of fall apart instead of coming together yeah yeah i think there's when a white person wants to fund something they just go and present their uh whatever proposal that they have and then they accept money um when a person of color wants to do that there's a pool of oh well we do i guess we do have to have some some people of color represented here Mm -hmm. well we have a little fund um and if you get here first and if you really impress us we can give you some of that money and that pits you know people of color against each other um even the word to be honest minority i think we talked about makes mm-hmm. me uncomfortable because yeah, you know the white people have the smallest population on the on this earth you know so <laughs> we're not minor so in any way 
the world. You know, you get the Asian population. There's nothing minor about the Asian population. There's nothing minor about the African population. There's nothing minor about the Latinx population. Like, and we're running around here calling ourselves minor every day. But, um, but yeah, we have to fight for this little minor piece of um, money. And there's a lot of uh, money out there available to us. Um, but we're taught that we need to fight over that little mm-hmm. pool of money. We can present our ideas to, you know, other organizations as well. Um, and it shouldn't be a competition for that one spot. That That's part of the oppressive system is, you know, making you think that there's only one spot for the Latinx community. There's only one spot for the um, African-American community. And sometimes only one spot for people of color period mm-hmm. you know and people don't even think about the native community yeah. um mm-hmm. and you know i was told the other day they're two percent of the population um native americans in america well, only two percent of the population <laughs> and that's not a mistake um and i only i don't even know if to be honest that that percentage is correct because then I go in, and this is a tangent, but I have to say it. Then I go into like this whole thing because with the census, for example, you have, um, you know, the way it's defined on the internet on, on census.gov, um, used to be, they changed it a month ago, but, um, they were very specific. It's any people, any people with ethnic origins of, Europe, Northern Africa, the Middle East, and Eastern Europe. And you can think of a lot of people in those categories that wouldn't ever identify as white (laughs) and come to this country and face all kinds of discrimination. That includes Egypt. That included, and they were specific about Lebanon and Morocco. And it's like, a lot of these places, who the hell would say that they were white? (laughs) And then they get, you know... uh, harassed in the airport by tsa and all that stuff and they, they're not suffering they're not you know benefiting from any sort of white privilege in this com- country but like i have several buddies that if when they come here and uh you know get their visas approved and or they are fighting for their citizenship and everything they are asked to check that caucasian box Wow. Just by definition. Mm. And so I and I believe that that's a way of keeping the white population the majority. Um I agree. And so I don't know that there might be actually a lot more native people and they might be putting that percentage around just to discourage them from fighting for anything to say that they don't deserve it because they're such a small percent of the population. And those types of things are things that I think about. You have white Hispanics, you know, as Mm -hmm. well, white Hispanics that are included in the Caucasian. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and that makes the, the Latinx community look even smaller. And they're probably not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we love to have babies, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to break it back to how we can become, how we're bringing up, you know, little people into this world, right? We're hopefully bringing a great, a great generation. Do you, you have a 15 year old nephew? I have and 21 <laughs> nephews and nieces, but yeah, we the like to make babies too. <laughs> but do you, what is your thought on how or, or comments that you tell your siblings, like how we should be speaking to mm-hmm. our children about about race? Or should we or should you just make it a single, you know, just a normal thing? Well, I think one way of... Or should we teach him to not see color, Kendrick? Right, that is... <laughs> it's just so much, it's so confusing. Yeah, the number one thing we shouldn't do is to teach them to not see color. Like, you know, rip out their rods and whatever they're, whatever they're called in their eyes it's like you don't see color um uh yeah i i think that you know making it normal although it shouldn't we shouldn't have to but um is talking about it you know and um not making it so taboo um to talk about you know race and things of that nature because people get so uncomfortable about mm-hmm. it and don't we're taught not to talk about, I was thinking about this the other day, we're taught not to talk about the m- most important thing that align, that show you what people's values are. Don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, don't talk about 
what's the other um, race. is it race there's three sex. things or whatever sex or whatever that you you're not supposed to talk about and um like politics and religion that's very close to showing what your values are mm-hmm. um and we're taught not to talk about deep things right um that's so true and keep those true. like very separate and taboo and let's not um get to the root of things not let's let's keep it superficial um and i want when i have kids i want them to not be afraid to tackle that to tackle conflict head on and in a in a healthy way um and if i don't give them practice in that if i keep them sheltered and and things of that nature they won't they will have to um, find out on their own anyway um, how to tackle those issues or just become a superficial human being right and avoid yeah. that conflict or avoid those those issues so my my first instinct is always to say you know be proud of your ethnic identity and be proud of others as well and celebrate others and be interested in other people um, and ask them questions and make mistakes. And then when you make those mistakes, you learn from those mistakes, you apologize, and then you teach your other friends not to make those mistakes. You know, if you're talking to a trans woman, you know, and you want to defend her and you say, well, this such and such, and she's like, no, that's actually not how I like to be um, identified. That's not how I like people to talk about the trans community and you say, okay, I apologize. Well, if you need any help, I'm here. I'm willing to learn and I'm going to go and do my research, make sure I don't make that mistake again. And then I'm going to tell everybody else not to make that mistake. Um, and that way that trans woman doesn't have to hopefully, um, educate, uh, be burdened with educating other people on, um, the mistake that you just made. Right. And she can progress forward. Um, in a in a, in a on a deeper level, I guess to to say instead of like you know having to educate people on the surface, like oh this is what racism is. This is you know we had slaves in this country. You know <laughs> instead yeah. I could talk about like racism in the liberal um, sphere. You know what it looks like in Hollywood, what it looks like in the Democratic Party. Instead, you know I don't have to say. Okay, this is what the Ku Klux Klan is, and you know, slavery. Right. Police were founded on, you know, that whole thing. So, what are some of the things we should, yeah, talk uh, the, about? You know, the other day, um, we were in the car and we were listening to um, the Daily, and they were talking about how they're separating kids from their parents at the border, yeah, right. And so, my daughter asked me, like, "Mom, they're separating kids from their parents," and I was like, "Yeah," she was like, "Why?" And then I was like, oh, my, like, how do I explain this to her, right? So I was like, well, you know, there's some people that just can come into the country, you know. And then I told her, like, the story of my dad, how he came and he, you know, we came and we didn't have. But then, I, and then she was like, what's a visa? And I was like, she was like, what's a green card? And I was like, oh, my God, like, there's so many questions. <laughs> like, how do I, you know, how do I answer this? And I was like, it's like a ticket, <laughs> like, for you to stay here. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know. And then, you know, sometimes I don't know the appropriate terms, the appropriate answers, or like sometimes when she tells me, oh, you know, my friend, so-and-so. And I was like, which one? She's like, the black girl. And then I'm like, should she be saying that? Should, she, should I tell her? I, I, my first was like, don't, you don't have to say the color of your friend, just say your friend. And then she was like, oh, okay, my friend. Or sometimes she's like, you know, my friend, the one that looks like peach, or my friend that looks like caramel. Because, you know, I have caramel skin, I have I have peach skin. And then I don't know if I'm like, is that correct? Like, it's just so much political correctness going on right now that I really, I, it's just so, so confusing. And I don't, I don't remember how we learned about that. I, I don't my even mom, remember. My mom legit wouldn't let us there at like black girls. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't. She'd be like, no, because then their mom's going to get mad and scream at us. And I was like, really? So I grew up like not looking at like black girls. Which is why maybe one of them wanted to beat me up in middle school. So, you know, because I was probably like just awkward around them. I don't yeah. know. Because nothing against my mom. It's just, I think everyone listening here um, who's Latina will like probably like relate, right? Like in the Latino community, especially first generation, mm-hmm. it's very much like, no, 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 you know. Put and your head down. Put your head down, yeah. And my mom was always like, don't ever touch their hair. Don't ever look at their hair. And so I grew up. You know, and I came from Oaxaca mm-hmm. and I lived in the city most and I was never really 
uh, I guess we weren't really exposed to the Afro Oaxacan community back then. Right. Literally, everyone around to me was any Mexican. other community. Right. So everyone around us was just indigenous Oaxacan. Like that's right. zero diversity, right. just us. Right. So when we came here, it was just like mm-hmm. like all these all these things. And my mom's reaction was like, "Look down." Yeah. So. I think that's where Pagna's coming from. It's like, I we don't know. We obviously don't want to do that, right? right Tell yeah. Carissa, right, like, right. don't stare at her. <laughs> but what can we say or how can we break those yeah. those customs that we grew up with? Well, I mean, on, on a lot of it is we don't even know how brainwashed we are. Especially yeah. if you grow up in America. You don't even know how much... Um, you're degrading your own community sometimes and how your your how some of the speech that you're giving is problematic because you were taught that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up one day, kind of like the national anthem. You're like, oh, right. Dude was a slave owner and, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and like the second stanza is wiped out, but it's like really problematic and talks about killing slaves and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, we do have to, it's going to be a constant process of learning and refining and figuring out what you feel best works for you, what um, you're most comfortable with, what you're uncomfortable with, what you need to challenge yourself on. Um, and your daughters and sons are going to do the same thing that what's progressive now is going to be antiquated when they grow up, you know? Right. Um, let's hope that's, <laughs> <laughs> let's hope. Right. Um, and some progressive ideas will still be, you know, struggling to fight for as well. But, um, but, you know, in general, um, you come to this country and especially when you guys were younger, black people and, and still today, black people were looked at as violent and mm-hmm. painted in the media and you know portrayed especially in the 90s with the whole drug war yes. push with um Clinton administration it was mu- very much so like you know black people are demons you know black people are evil they're they're you know angry and they're violent and you don't want to get on their bad side so don't look at them you know and yeah and um now that same criminalization is happening to mexican Mm -hmm. immigrants and um uh you know brown muslim people brown and black muslim people um immigrants and um and so now people are like don't look at you know what i mean like it's the same thing um so so obviously you break those barriers and some people don't want you to stare at them like that. You know, like, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be like, I think, and nobody wants yeah, you to stare right. at them. If you look, if I you, mean, I'm sure a lot of girls stare at you, Kendrick, but not for that reason. <laughs> but you know, and it's also the intention that, that, that mm-hmm. you speak with. Like a lot of the time people, you know, black people get tired of people saying, mm-hmm. you know, being afraid to say black. And that's when it gets uncomfortable when, you know, now I'm, you know, the oppressed community is made, especially with white people, um, is now burdened with making white people feel comfortable, comfortable. again, you know. Yeah. And so they're like, um, because your mom is Af- African. She- <laughs> um, where is she? What is she? What's what is she? Where is she from? You know, <laughs> and I'm like. Just say it, you know, like, right. She's black. You know, is she black? I don't know. You're you're not ever going to find out if you don't ask me. Um, And uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, her saying this is her black friend. There's not, there's not a problem with saying like, this is my black friend. Um, It might be a problem if that's her only black friend, (laughs) you know, it's not, you you know what I mean? Like (laughs) my son only does. I know there's like two, but it just that, that that that's more of a diversity issue. Right, there aren't any right. Like, no, in not his, in my in school. Right. That's not a problem. <laughs> but uh, you know that might be the problem mm-hmm. where it's like you know, it, depending on right. What, what I think program my thing was more that. like it, because she's six and you know she's starting her like I guess her language skills and 
repertoire. I don't know what you call it. Like, you know, when she refers to someone, is she supposed to say like my Mexican friend, my black friend, my white friend, my, my color friend? I mean, is that something that kids should be saying? Or is that where like, let's not talk about color. Let's talk about color. Let's put color. I don't know. I don't know how to. Is, is is she correct? Should I correct her? Like, I think that's like, that's always been one of my questions in, in the back of my head to us also like, oh, my friend Kendrick, you know, which, which Kendrick? My fine friend Kendrick. Oh, my fine. You know, <laughs> well, I don't think that. The fine Kendrick or the ugly Kendrick? No, the fine Kendrick. <laughs> you guys. Hope my husband's not listening to this. No, but I don't think, I don't think that, I, I, I think the biggest thing is that not to put in a restriction on saying it. Mm-hmm. Like, she definitely okay. shouldn't be told, in my opinion, not to say it. Okay. But it is encouraged to find in general in life mm-hmm. more descriptive words. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, what's a defining characteristic? A lot of the time, if there's only a couple black people in the room, it's going to be that they're black. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, but the girl with the glasses, if she's the only girl with glasses in, in, right. you know, um, in the room, then it's going to be easy to find her, you know, <laughs> like they're the girl with the curly hair, um, you know, the girl with the pink shirt on, you know, Hey, that girl with that backpack that I really like, um, that is going to be their defining characteristic. And you look, you know, it's just, I think, encouraged to be more descriptive. Got it. Um, yeah. That and, helps a lot. Yeah. And not like completely define people by the color of their skin, mm-hmm. um, but not be afraid to talk about the color of their skin and celebrate the color of their skin. Right. Okay. I also wouldn't be mind calling the Oaxacan friend. Like I'm, that would make me proud if yeah. someone's like, you know, that Oaxacan girl. I'd right. be like, yeah, right. You know, so it also has to do with that, right? Like if mm-hmm. someone's like, yeah, I'm black, yeah. call me black. I love yeah. being called mm-hmm. black, right? Like I love being called Oaxacan. I love being called the brown girl. Please call me brown, right? So it's just, I think it's also ha- you have to do a yeah, lot with that. True, true. We're yeah. all like hashtag brown pride and all yeah. that. And like, yeah, but as soon yeah. as someone else calls me brown, like hey, don't yeah, call me brown. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you yes, know? yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last question before we go on our break because we've been talking for a long time. What are well, I know you're you're like all in in criminal reform. So is that one of the I know that's your passion. Is that one of the pressing issues that we need to discuss the most with our friends and kind of be more aware of? Or are there any issues happening today in America that we should really learn more about, get involved, you know, make a change? What are some of the things that you encourage all the listeners, all our moms to at least read on? (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's so many. There's, you know, the environment is a big one. Um, Medicare and Medicaid and our healthcare system is huge. Um, Education is huge. But what I decided for myself And I would encourage everybody else to figure out what they're most passionate about because then it won't feel as burdensome when you're reading about it and and staying up to date on certain things. But what you're most passionate about, if that's net neutrality or whatever, um, what human issue. And I encourage people to to look into human issues, um, uh, human rights issues, um, and figure out what you connect to most. Uh, And figure out who you can stand up for outside of your community um, to learn how to be a better ally. Women's issues, you know. Um, But I decided for myself not to get involved because there's so many issues and you can be overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to get involved if it's not about people of color. Mm. So I look, my philosophy that I adopted from the original um, the original definition of identity politics came from this group of black women that got together, black act, prominent black activists that got together in the 60s or 70s. And um, their philosophy was to target the liberation of or uh, be more purposeful in the liberation of the most intersectional intersectionally oppressed group of people so back then it like black queer women 
Mm-hmm. Or today you could say maybe native trans women, you know, or something mm-hmm. along those lines. What is the most intersectionally oppressed group of people and if or, or person in this nation? And if you liberate that person, you inevitably have to dismantle all other forms of oppression for everyone. Right. But what we're taught to do is focus on this the forms of oppression that affect everyone first Mm -hmm. like economic oppression and let's not talk about trans community let's not talk about the people of color let's not talk about immigrants right now let's just talk about what affects all of us and the other stuff can wait for later and people are always left behind Mm -hmm. and that's why it's not as controversial to talk about the environment that's not why it's not so controversial to talk about um, the healthcare system and things of that nature because you can get people on board because as soon as you talk about race, they're like, oh, well, that's controversial. I don't know. And so I want to mm-hmm. talk more about that. Mm-hmm. If if you want me to talk about the environment, I'm going to talk about how it, you know, climate, uh, uh, climate change affects or, um, you know, oil drilling and things of this nature, usually uh, poisoned water and all that usually affects communities of color first right. mm-hmm. and the most um and then they're forgotten it's not until it affects a white community um that people get want to get involved right mm-hmm. um in my opinion and uh it took like thousands of people going out to north dakota and i mean thousands um, going up to North Dakota to stand up for the Standing Rock tribe, um, or the Standing Rock Reservation, in order for people to even like catch on. Mm-hmm. They were out there for months, yeah. thousands mm-hmm. of people. So I've dedicated my energy to speaking about people of color, the most vulnerable and the most um, uh, oppressed groups of people, and standing up for them. So. I think that for me, that's the most urgent thing to talk about, to stop being afraid to talk about race, to stop looking for the least controversial issue and put people of color in the forefront, because otherwise immigration reform is not going to happen because it's not a white issue. Right. You know, Um, criminal justice reform is not going to happen. We're not going to reform prisons and things of that nature if we're only talking about here in, in California, the police unions are the strongest lobbying um it it, it, it's usually the nra what's preventing change here is the police unions people don't talk about democrats and and republicans don't talk about uh criminal justice reform and make that their top priority here because there's so much money going into their pockets Mm. from police unions um in california and a lot of ways i grew up in texas and Texas is looked at as so backwards and Republican and everything, but they're ahead of us in criminal justice reform in California in many ways. They're already looking at alternatives to incarceration. Wow. Um, and so I think it's it, that's a really important. I'm looking at I'm working on this campaign called Reform LA Jails now, right now, um, and we got an extension to July 10th to get all these signatures, um, and they're. Proposing $3.5 billion to build new prisons in L.A. $3.5 billion. We already have the largest county jail system in the Mm -hmm. country. They want to build more prisons, which would criminalize more homeless. I just posted something about um, Mayor Garcetti and his hypocrisy um, in, you know, talking about the homeless, making homeless population a priority when we have the largest homeless population in the country yet mm-hmm. the his his actions aren't aligning with his words and criminal uh homeless people are being criminalized and funneled right into the prison system mm-hmm. um or in the jail system and they if they build more beds more jails they're gonna want to fill those and that means more problematic policing you know and um more criminalization of people of color, of the people that no one's going to scream out about and get outraged, you know, and no one will listen to if they do get outraged. Mm -hmm. Um, The more invisible people are going to be funneled right into those prisons. So we're looking at um, pushing them and making it a ballot measure to 
look at alternatives to incarceration for that $3.5 billion investing in other things, you know, and outside of this ballot measure, you know, what could you do with $3.5 billion? Maybe give like proper books to yeah, some education. of these schools. Mental health. You know? mental, mental health. health. So that's, you know, the two things for this ballot initiative is mental health and, and um, homeless people to look at alternatives to incarceration for, for that. We have this jail system is considered the largest mental health institution in the in the nation. Wow. Which is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, Los crazy. Angeles. And here I am seeing how fast forward we were. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not. <laughs> like, you know, it's, Sorry to we just have really you. great PR because yeah. this is Hollywood. Yeah. That's um true. but that's what I believe. I believe people should stop we're taught to shy away from race. Mm-hmm. And I think we should talk more and more about um, brown and black people and native people and acknowledge this is Tongva land. Um, this is not Mexican land. This is not American land. This is Tongva land. That was the na- original native people here. And, you know, look into those things, mm-hmm. you know, that matter most. Who is the most vulnerable where you are and stand up for those people. Oh, Thank you great. so much, Kendrick. Um, let's take a break. We'll stare at you some more. <laughs> and then we'll come back. We haven't. Okay. I haven't even they talked in the whole show. That's. Es que así como I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 Let me clean the lava. <laughs> Before our speaker tip, I just want to know, tell me, like, how did, did any of this, you becoming this way, did your mom have anything to do with that? I just want to know, because, like, how do I make my kids care? Oh, um, they're talking about being so fine. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I mean. I really hope my husband's not listening. Sorry. Keep going. I'm sure she did. I don't, she definitely wasn't an activist in any way, but she was, um, you know, my mom grew up in a segregated community mm-hmm. my mom is white um she uh she's multi-ethnic but she's white and she grew up um her school was segregated until her senior year in high school mm-hmm. and she married a black man it was illegal growing up for her mm-hmm. to marry a black man um in 22 states, I think, until ni- 1967. And my mom was born, I think, in 52. Um, uh, my dad grew up without voting rights, you know. And my dad was very adamant about, you know, um, what black people faced in this country and what they still face in this country and how, you know, not to touch anything in stores and, mm-hmm. you know, and he showed us roots and things of that nature. Um, so he he was an influence in that. He was kind of radical in that sense. But he grew up, you know, seeing, I think he saw people lynched and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So he grew up in the deep south and my mom did as well. And um, but my mom had an approach. She didn't make it super apparent. She was just always like, you know, you have your own identity. You're mm-hmm. mixed you know, and be proud of that. And, um, and she was, she had her gay best friend and her, her, she was like, this is what gay is. And she was always very like kind of scientific with it. Kendrick, this is a <laughs> vagina. You know, We don't call it anything else. It's a vagina. That's a penis, you know, and this is what gay is. And, uh, he's homosexual. That's what you call this. And he's got a partner and his partner is a man. Um, you know, um, this is interracial marriage. This is why people talk about it in a weird way and why they're uncomfortable with it, that kind of thing. Um, so she, that's kind of it. You know, she she just made it very factual and right. moved forward with her life. She didn't ever, I think she just kind of normalized it for me, I guess. That's good. Because I think some of some of us, I, I tend to do that sometimes also. It's like you try to sugarcoat it for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. You try to make it kid-friendly or mm-hmm. kid uh, digestive, mm-hmm. di- you know, right for the kids so they can understand better. But I'm, I think it's just us trying to 
dumb it down for them right where we should actually explain to them like you said you know this is gay this is what a person that you know and then they're gonna be like oh, okay instead of like what why you know yeah you'd be surprised it. how much kids mm-hmm. understand even when we're trying to hide it from them yeah they're like well my mom said this but i don't think that's what that is yeah. you know and and I think she did normalize a lot of it for me. And she was very loving. Like even AIDS back then was a kind of taboo topic. And her her uh, brother died um, when I was young of AIDS and from drugs. And everybody was like, oh, it's a gay disease. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's not what that's, this is. This is what AIDS is, you know? Um, so I think that that's even how I am now. I'm very much like, this is what it is. Right. <laughs> and I think I got that from my mom. That's great. Good to know. Yeah. Anyway. I love that. I know. Me too. I think that's, I wanted to know how your mom talked to you about those kind of things. Scientifically. So Penis, vagina. That's and I think that's, that's how it should be, right? <laughs> Just like, to say it like it is. Mm. And we've heard it over and over again. And we tried, I try to do that as much as I can with like, now with sex and things. But when it comes to political stuff and race, and I think like a lot of the quote unquote real issues, with the kids, it's like, you know, that day I realized, oh my God, I'm like, she's actually paying attention to the news. My son, realizing. My son asks me about the people living on the streets. Mm. He's three. There's, cause you're right, there's their homeless population in Los Angeles. It's just crazy. Out of control. It's the largest in the nation. And, and, and that's just also a matter of fact, like they don't have a home. Yeah. And, well, to compare it, my mom didn't ever talk about sex. <laughs> You haven't oh. ever, there was, hasn't ever been a sex talk, ever. I mean, <laughs> so you're a virgin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to my mom. <laughs> you know, but, and, and to the, its credit, I mean, f- around most people, I'm really comfortable talking about it. But when it comes to like any interviews or like anything that I think my mom is going to hear, you know, I'm like super uncomfortable. <laughs> talking about so are we. acknowledging <laughs> sex or anything so are like we. that and i think that's how people feel with race yeah yeah because like people are so you know it, it's not just your parents just you go everywhere mm-hmm. and everybody's so uncomfortable with talking about race because this country was founded on genocide and slavery um when we need to talk about it more and normalize it and be proud of it and then people won't feel so uncomfortable in talking True. about it. True. Well, there's like you go. Anything. That's a great tip. Mm. See? You want to my tip. Do you have another one? I pick a tip. Oh, uh, When They Call You a Terrorist by Patrice Cullors. C-U-L-L-O-R-S. Patrice Cullors. Book? Um, yeah, she's a, a book. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us. When They Call You a Terrorist. <laughs> it's a book. Um, okay. By Patrice, who's who's a good buddy of mine, who's here in L.A., and she's um, she's one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, and she's been touring around, and everyone has been loving this book. Ooh, okay. Um, and it's a short read, and it's got a really pretty cover. Mm, cute. <laughs> cute. Done, yeah. done, and done. Yeah. Paulina, my tip is um, a Netflix documentary that actually. Kendrick recommended when we were in Oaxaca and when I came back I saw it and I was I really loved it uh, the documentary 13th I think it was dom- nominated for an Oscar right also yeah. mm-hmm. it's a great documentary if you don't know anything about the gel system that you were talking it's just like from the origins how everything started you know and where we are today and all the activism behind it to change the system. It's very interesting, very educational. Scary. scary, (laughs) Very scary, educational. But at the same time, it makes you actually want to change, want to do something. Um, So I think anything that actually gets you going towards like making a change in your personal life to help a cause, I think it's a great, it's a great thing. So that's my tip. Awesome. Uh, my pick is going to be the Making Obama podcast mm. series. And mm. I think it's like six episodes or seven so. episodes, but I listened to it in like two days. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, because it's that. not about his presidency mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with anything that he did when he was in the house, but 
how he was made. How, how he got there. How, how this kid, you know, from the south side of Chicago with a funny name, that's what he always introduces himself, <laughs> um, made it into the, being a president from, you know, not having anything like to becoming the president of the United States. Twice. 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 Yeah, Twice. you're right. Two terms. Um, but it's so great. It's from the same people that brought you Making Oprah, another one that you should totally listen to. Mm -hmm. Have you heard Making Oprah, the podcast, mm -hmm. boy? Mm -hmm. You need to hear that one. It's so good, too. Yeah. It's so good. It's so inspirational. Um, Making Obama. Um, thank you, Kendrick, for coming. I know you're so busy. Um, changing the world. I know. Stuff. Changing the world. <laughs> acting. Can we see you in anything right now? Yeah, uh, not right now, but in well, how do we get August. <laughs> in August, we will. All mm. right, okay, okay. Mm. We will keep you posted on Instagram. Where can we follow you on Instagram? Well, right now, look at his stories and his Instagram <laughs> posts because his Instagram posts are pretty great, guys. <laughs> Some of my favorite, uh, so one of my favorite Instagram feeds to look at uh, at Kendrick thirty eight <laughs> yep. CK. At the end, 38, right? Anything else, Kendrick? Where can we find you aside from Instagram? How can we help? Um, Where can we sign these signatures, yeah, this Kendrick petition? Kendrick 38 is um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Kendrick 38. Most of my Twitter is all activism. Instagram, I get some, you know, I get some funny stuff in there and some <laughs> nudity, you know. Um, but Go check it out, guys. <laughs> But uh, so Twitter is all activism, so there's going to be a bunch of stuff. So um, you go there, so you can actions. choose nudity or activism. <laughs> <laughs> there's but, your choice. Um, but there's, you know, you can also follow Undocumedia mm -hmm. is a great, a great one to follow uh, for actions um, uh, with criminal justice reform and immigration reform. And um, uh, there is, I'm trying to think of the check checking the police.org i think um has released a um a study um on california and the police unions i think it's called check the police.org um and it shows it breaks down how the police unions are blocking any reform and it has a list of all of the politicians and how much they've accepted from police unions and oh, wow. and the bills that we should be calling our assembly members and everyone to support um there's some really great progressive bills up um since stefan clark got killed and um a lot of people have changed their tune and there are some progressive senators and Assembly members that here in California are pushing for change, but we have to put pressure on them to do so. And as far as Reform LA Jails, it's reformlajails.com. And we'll have till July 10th to do it. Um, and you have to sign in person. So you have to go to uh, reformlajails.com and figure out and, and look for a place to sign. Oh, um, it's not like an online thing. No, you can't do it online because, you know, they, they don't make it easy for mm -hmm. us to get things on the ballot. But it will be on the 2020 ballot. Um, nice. And because we're doing it in 2018, we were trying to get it on the 2018 ballot. Again, they made it very hard for us. But, um, but you, know, you it's still a possibility for it to get a 2018 ballot? No. Um, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Uh, and we've got a great amount of signatures. I'm like, what do you think is this year? What am I talking about? Yeah. Well, we tried. We tried yeah. um, this year. This but, past, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. But we would have had to have it by Monday, this past Monday. So, anyway, um, since we're doing it so early, it will, one, you know, 2020 ballot is going to be a huge turnout. Um, and we've got more time to raise money for a campaign. And we also have more time. Uh, Uh, more time to get signatures and um, it will be because we're doing it so early uh, it will be at the top of the ballot one of the Amazing. first ballot measures oh nice perfect. well congrats so, thank you thank you again yeah. Paulina where can they find Supermamas they can find us at underscore Supermamas on Instagram and Twitter Supermamas podcast on Facebook and Supermamas.com on the web we'll and have pictures us. of Kendrick at least visit us for that <laughs> <laughs> um, and rate us on iTunes subscribe rate on, on iTunes, iTunes Spotify 
and wherever else you get your podcasts. Ooh, also, guys, check out our swag mm. on our... I'm going to give you Super my shirt, Kendrick. Hey. Or Super Oma's pop socket. How's that? Would you wear that? Would you rock that? <laughs> okay. Do you want like a Super Oma's little pop socket? It's a, a muscle, shirt. It's a, a tank it's a, top. It's a tank top. Let's a, a crop top, a crop top. Can you take a photo with a Super Mask crop top for your Instagram? I don't know about the crop top. <laughs> you can totally rock your crop top. Check out the crop top. You will. Um... He's also Kendrick's available to babysit. He's a great babysitter. <laughs> Sabina loves you. Sabina, Sabina she does. She and, does. Uh, and I love her, but I probably won't be. How old, were, 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 how old will you be when she's eighteen? Oh my God! Who knows? Look at George. Look at George Clooney. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Probably the same age difference. <laughs> George Clooney and his girlfriend. In a mall? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's the age difference. At least Krista's older. At least Krista's three years. Oh, yeah, I guess. Terrible. Jesus Christ. What kind of a show are we making? <laughs> Goodbye. Hasta oh, la God. próxima. Adios. Super, super mal. Bye. <laughs>